0: So I'm so excited today to bring you a very special interview. It's the second time this special guest has come on the podcast. And I'm Rachel, and I'm here talking to my sister, Megan Lloyd, uh, about her new book. This is very exciting, called Building Books. This is our third book. And Megan, thanks for coming on the podcast.
1: Thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here
0: yeah this isn't we didn't get you on for the last book fort building time uh we had you on for finding wild but um uh, what a an accomplishment three books
1: yeah i'm i'm so excited it still feels a little surreal
0: yeah but uh, all those uh all those uh years that you're writing and writing about it took you about eight, eight nine years before you had
1: um. writing. It took like 12
0: years. 12 years, yeah, <laughs> before you got one. Uh, did you ever think that you would become a, um, a a children's book, a picture? I don't know if these are called picture books but the yeah. classification. Yeah. Okay.
1: Um, I hoped I would, but I think – there's really just no guarantees. All you can do is work your hardest and hope you have a little bit of luck too.
0: Uh-huh.
1: So I hoped I would, but I I didn't know if it was gonna work out. So I'm really glad it did.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the, did you you I mean you were always wanted to be a writer uh, yeah. since you were little, correct? Right?
1: Yes. Um, yeah, I actually, I found some old diaries recently and I found one, I, an entry I wrote when I was eight and I said that when I grow up, I want to write children's
0: books. Oh my gosh. So. (laughs) That's so cute. (laughs) Remember reading like particular, uh, picture books that you really liked? That's good.
1: Oh yeah. Um, so many, um, Hard to know where to start. Let's see. I loved um, Tales from the Brambley Hedge books by Jill oh, yeah. Um, Those are British and not as many Americans have read them. Somehow we had them and those I just loved those. I loved books with really um, detailed illustrations that you could kind of pour over. Yeah. Um, I also I love Jan Brett's books um, like um. Oh, what's it called? Annie and the Wild Animals. That was oh, one of my favorite.
0: The the mitten one.
1: Yeah, the mitten. Yeah, um, that was
0: really good. I forgot about her. Yeah. But yeah. I also remember. Um, what's the one? Tasha Tudor.
1: Oh yeah, Tasha Tudor. time to keep. That was one of yeah. that one I loved. And that one there's actually a reference to that in my book Fort Building Time when they have a they're taking a cake down the river. So, oh, and in A Time to Keep by Tasha Tudor, then there, uh, the birthday cake like floats down the river on this raft, and I thought that was like the coolest thing of all time.
0: Yeah, all three of your books are kind of about imaginative play. Um, and I guess as a mom with three girls, that must be something you can kind of relate to.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's something that's really important to me is um, creativity and exploration um and yeah just using your imagination and especially for kids like having that freedom and that space in their childhood
0: yeah do you think that's something we've we've lost in our society that's a problem
1: i mean it definitely i think there's less of it because of technology yeah um, And I, you know, when, if you're just doing, and I I don't think there's anything wrong with kids watching TV or playing video games or whatever, but um, you also, you know, want them to have that time where they're really bored and they have to think of things to do um, and be creative and also just play outside and be a little freer.
0: Yeah, I think that some we have kind of lost the idea that just unstructured, whether you're an adult or a child, like unstructured time is a waste of time that we have to be doing something. We have to be, uh, you know, we have to be scheduled and otherwise it's just, you know, wasting time where for kids, that's really important is to just play and to be imaginative and, and, uh, and certainly in schools, you get very little of that. And, uh, and then we, you know, we've got to structure and have all the scheduled time into their other time. So they might have you know, 20 yeah. minutes of just unstructured play uh, in a day, which is a shame sometimes.
1: Yeah, I do think it's really important for kids and for adults to have that time when they don't feel so pressured um to produce some certain result or do some specific thing but yeah um, and i think it's just good for your mind relieves the anxieties and things like that
0: yeah so for this book you worked with the slaves books called building books and how how did you get the inspiration for writing this this particular book
1: um I haven't thought of my answer to this question yet. I need to have something. This is one of those ones that you always get asked. Um, Let's see. I can't. I'm trying to remember. Um, I don't know.
0: (laughs) Well, maybe I was too broad of a question.
1: (laughs) I I need to think of an answer for this. But I can't remember. I wrote this one a while ago, actually. Like, I did the first draft. Like maybe like five years ago or something, and I don't remember what sparked it. Um,
0: well, you have one.
1: When I was a kid, I loved building things, I loved Legos, I loved um, doing that, and I loved reading. So I can, I can, I know it, it comes from me as a kid, but I don't remember what made me think of writing
0: it down. <laughs> Well, you have one character sibling who doesn't like to read, and the other sibling loves to read, and the one sibling kind of thinks the reading is boring, and so, you know, I think that's a real true thing. I I definitely can relate to that, because I didn't learn how to read until I was a little bit older.
1: Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, I think
0: I was seven, six, seven which isn't like unheard of, but uh, certainly older than the kindergartner teachers I had that they wanted 100% reading on everybody by the end of kindergarten. And that wasn't going to happen for me. And, uh, and I think that some kids can feel like, well, I'm, I think some kids can be kind of bored with reading. And I remember mom uh, talking about Sam and how he was really bored with reading and then she got him to read the hardy boys and he got really into it and she was like why why do you like this and not these other books and she's like he said he said something to the fact of well those books are boring
1: (laughs) yeah totally and even in building books then one of the books she's um being forced to read and she's trying to read you can see the title in the illustration and it's called boring Yeah. So I think, yeah, I mean, kids, I think really young, they can start to label themselves as either a bookworm or not. Yeah. Uh, There'll be some kids who are super into reading and, um, they get a lot of positive feedback about that, um, from teachers and parents and stuff. And then there'll be other kids and they're, they're just not loving like every book. So they can get labeled, I think as someone who doesn't love reading, but, um, but I think lots of the times there are books out there that those kids will like, and it's not. Maybe they just have pickier taste, or maybe yeah. they really like reading nonfiction and they don't really like fiction. And so I think that's something I tried to incorporate into building books. Is um, the girl Katie who loves building? She doesn't learn to fall in love with reading until she finds a book that's really geared towards her interests. Um, And I think that happens a lot of times with kids, Um, you know, maybe they want to read a lot of cookbooks, like, (laughs) you never know, like kids will gravitate towards kind of random things that you wouldn't think of that when you think of like a bookworm or a kid who's into reading, you think of them reading like big series like Harry Potter and stuff. But there's going to be other kids who would love to read, but... Um, they just meet, maybe need to explore some more types of books to find the books that are just right for them.
0: Yeah, I totally agree with that because they might just like to read comic books or graphic novels. And there used to be this whole, I feel like it's mostly gone, but there's this whole idea that like, oh, comic books aren't real reading. But maybe like the, the kid is a more of a visual uh learner and story you know and i don't think there's anything wrong with that especially in this modern day of uh of graphic novels and comics and things like that and and also maybe they're more of a movie person and so that can kind of like inspire them to then be more interested in the books i think sometimes can happen
1: totally and i i love graphic novels and i love that this has become way more of a thing in kids books because i think a lot of times kids will love picture books, but then they're expected to, to go from picture books, um, straight to like these thick fantasy novels, which I also love by the way, but it can be overwhelming. And then graphic novels, it's like, has this, um, there's all the illustrations, but they can have, um, really complex themes and like high vocabulary as well. And so it's like this great, um, Space between those two that wasn't being filled and not that I think it should just be like oh you go from one thing to another I think you can just keep going back and forth I mean I know tons of adults who love to read picture books and I had a high school teacher message me once about using one of my picture books um finding wild in her classroom so I think I mean I think it's great to view them not as like age groups so much but just something we can like always continue to enjoy in different ways.
0: Yeah and I like the fact that this book that's the girl that's struggling with the reading because I feel like I don't know if it's just because uh, you're more likely to be on the spectrum as a boy than a girl but I feel like uh, I feel like in media, it's always the girl who's sort of, I call the enlightened reader, and then and the boy who's not into reading. And, uh, and you know, you've got like your Hermione's and uh, characters like that. There's so many. And so I kind of like that in this case, it's the girl who likes to do the building and the boy who likes to do the reading.
1: Yeah, I mean, one thing... Um... So as a mom of daughters, one thing that's really important to me in my writing is I always try to, um, like show girls in ways that maybe I'm not seeing as much, but which seem really realistic to me, um, as a parent. Um, so I'm not trying to do like reactionary or or like a new stereotype of girls. I'm just trying to show girls in a way that I think is actually true to life but Mm -hmm. it's not being portrayed as much
0: yeah I think that's really good
1: I mean when I was a kid I I have so many memories of building things um with Legos and then I never built like the sets it was always just like free play with Legos yeah and then I love to read so
0: because they got like dumped out so
1: (laughs) yeah it was always like the big jumbled box
0: yeah (laughs) <laughs> that is really funny uh, so you got to work with a different illustrator this time than your other two books uh, what was that like
1: yeah well um I mean it was great it was it was fun seeing something totally different because for my first two books um, yeah i worked with the same illustrator Abigail Halpin and then this book building books is illustrated by Brienne Farley um, so it was fun to see a totally different style and approach. Um, this one has a lot more like white space and like vignettes kind of, mm-hmm. um, and she has it. I love the like humorous details she put in there and it really, um, suits the style of the story. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was great when you're, when you're the author of a picture book, you don't do a lot of work directly with the illustrator. It's kind of like your editor Kind of between you um but but i was really happy with her work and with everything i saw
0: yeah yeah it's really fun i, I really uh, i agree with you about the little it, kind of easter eggs a kind of hidden and uh, yeah like you said, the titles of the
1: books yeah it's fun, <laughs> it <was really> fun. <laughs> and those are the things i feel like i appreciated when i was a kid because you're really pouring over i mean one thing Um, that you have to think about when you're writing for kids is that adults don't necessarily reread books very often, but a kid might reread a book like 50 times.
0: Right. That's very true.
1: So all those little details or different things, you know, they'll really notice those because they'll just, if they, you know, they have a favorite book and they'll just
0: so read it again and again and again. How do you like? I guess we're gonna dive a little bit into just sort of general books, but how do you feel as a mother and just a writer when you read the books that you liked as a kid but they don't hold up at all? <laughs> <As> a-
1: <laughs> well, usually, like the picture books I loved when I was a kid, then I read them and I still love them as much. But, um, like, I can't even think of a picture book where that happened to me. But with yeah. novels, definitely some that I loved as a kid. I reread as an adult and was like, what? Like, I'm not quite sure what I was seeing in that. Or, um,
0: uh, i tell you yeah. one for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Girl of the Limberlost." Lost.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. I reread that one as an adult, too, and I was like, okay...
0: <laughs>
1: so bad. It's um, terrible. It, like the the nature of writing, like the descriptions, I you know could were still appealing and stuff. But like the plot and the characters, um, were just seemed so dated. Like I just could not get into it.
0: <laughs> yeah, the romance is really bad. The the uh, the relationship between the mother and daughter, which I thought was so great as a kid, is. Kind of terrible, and it's just super soapy.
1: Yeah, yeah. it was really over the top and <laughs> really <it's- laughs> over the
0: top and really terrible. And I I like a little bit of soap in my writing sometimes, but it it's just and this the romance at the end is terrible, and <laughs> it's just like oh wow. Like the other interesting thing to me is stuff that like. Because I wasn't a big fantasy person, so it probably doesn't happen to me as much as it happens to other people. But particularly with Roald Dahl, and when I read it as an adult, it's such a different experience as <laughs> when I was a kid. Yeah, like, <laughs> like as as a kid, I remember thinking they were so funny and so whimsical, and I really enjoyed them. Uh, but as an adult, I found them kind of shocking like <laughs> first of all like all almost all the women in his books are just beasts and terrible there are a few miss honey a yeah, few miss miss honey. <laughs> yeah. but the trunchbull the ants and James the giant peach the uh the witches of course the I mean, there are so many, and I just decided to be reading. But I was like, "Wow, were the nuns super mean to him growing up? Like, what is going on?" And they're just kind of like what seemed whimsical to me as a kid. To me, kind of was bordering on mean spiritness. Yeah, as an adult, and I'm like,
1: yeah. I don't know. Kids like dark humor a lot. <laughs> Sometimes more than like people think. Really- yeah um and they i don't know they kind of get that it's supposed to be funny um
0: even it's pretty dark. like i remember thinking that boy his biography about his childhood was so charming and so funny but as an adult reading it i'm just like it's one caning after another like I it's
1: it really sad
0: yeah and as i i as a parent i think i would be a little conflicted about do i give Do I recommend this because I remember? Do I recommend it as the kid me or do I recommend it with caution as the adult me? You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I think kids can read that and be fine. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think if you're concerned about something like that in a kid's book, like, then maybe you read it also and try to open a conversation about things. Like use it as a means of dialogue instead of mm. um, like restricting it.
0: Yeah, that's more just, my approach. It's just a it was a weird, very weird experience. And the other thing I think is so strange is that is that I I feel like this is more young adult, but when when we were growing up. Like there wasn't even young adult as like a thing. There was like yeah. There was like Judy Bloom and like
1: mm-hmm. there but, was like the outsiders.
0: Yeah. Like, and there. it's so crazy. Yeah, it's not I mean, like there
1: was a section in the bookstore. It was just yeah. like the kids' books or something. There were a few like older titles. Yeah, it's it's a really new area of the market.
0: Yeah, it's so weird how something can just become just bloom overnight. Like when I was in high school, I remember reading uh, reading Tom Clancy oh yeah totally when I was I mean and John Grisham yeah I remember that and I
1: yeah I was doing the same thing I was just going straight to adult books yeah <laughs> I mean, still reading some like younger kids stuff sometimes for like comfort read kind of or I mean, like rereading Anne of and Gables type thing but then yeah. you know when I was 14 you know reading like Yeah, like random John Grisham books, or then, and more like literary fiction too, like Hemingway or things, you know, just it was like that's what you read next, or Jane Austen, you know. Yeah. You didn't really have. So I think, I mean, it probably lost a lot of readers because the like reading difficulty and like the fun of the stories, like (laughs) all of a sudden really (laughs) went downhill. Yeah, good books, but, like, a lot of really sober content and, like, not as many, like, adventure tale type things.
0: What do you think really turned the corner and started YA?
1: I mean, you had, like, Harry Potter, which is technically kids, but basically the last, you know, once you get to book four, like, he becomes a teenager. Like, I think if it had just been those books, they would have been put in YA. So you have Harry Potter becoming the huge hit, through um different ages and then you had twilight and hunger games um also so then yeah. and then it would i think that you know really set things off because um they're like oh books about teenagers everyone's loving them
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean because there were definitely dystopians and things like that like obviously wrinkle in time uh, would probably be considered why now uh and the giver um Those are both. Those are both books I mean, for the children. Girl, I think
1: they've aged. I think the characters are still pretty young in them. I can't remember, but they would have to be written differently now to be YA.
0: Well, The Giver, I think, definitely would. Jonas yeah. is a is, is a teen. Teenage. Is he a
1: teenager? I can't remember. Yeah.
0: Yeah. He's a teenager. Yeah, so you
1: can kind of see like the groundwork being laid, but yeah, it wasn't really a separate market like that. And
0: I think Meg is like twelve. Maybe? Yeah.
1: A Wrinkle in Time still seems kind of younger. I mean, yeah. But,
0: but I don't know, it's it's just funny to me that now it is a thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> thing. Totally. But uh what what are some of your favorite uh you say I guess kids books? Um, however you want to qualify it. What's one one that you particularly like?
1: Okay, well, uh, um, I talked about some of my older favorites from when I was little, so maybe some more recent ones. Um, A recent picture book I really liked is A Different Pond. Um, That's a really good one, kind of... um, About a boy and his father who go fishing and it's um, kind of an immigration story um, because they're Vietnamese refugees. So they're fishing each morning early to get for food, not for recreation. And so um, that was a really cool one that I think really successfully showed like a deeper topic. Um, one of my favorite, like, silly picture books is, um, Goldilocks and the Three Dinosaurs by Mo Willems. Oh, okay. Just hilarious. (laughs) Um, and then another really funny one, I think, is The Summer Nick Taught His Cats to Read by Curtis Manley. Um, that one actually would go really well with building books because it's kind of about learning to read, um, but it's really funny because he really does teach his cats successfully to read. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so That's those are some, uh, some picture books off the top of my head. There's so many good picture books coming out all the time.
0: What I really enjoy is uh, Rapunzel by Paul Zelinsky. I think all of his, uh, right. I think he does a really good job uh, with all of his, um, with all of his books in the illustrations.
1: Yeah, those, those ones, and what does he have? He has another fairy tale in that style. Like Yeah,
0: he's Rumpelstiltskin, which I really like.
1: In the old, like, oh, I'm no artist.
0: I also, I'm oh, sorry.
1: Style. that's really cool. It looks like an old um, mural in like a fancy old building.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it it has a medieval quality to it. Yeah. I like um I like some of the classics of Madeline. I think the Madeline books are really good. Yeah. I think the Angelina Ballerina books are really oh, good.
1: I loved those when I was growing up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um and I you know I I love Winnie the Pooh. I think Winnie the Pooh's great. Um but, you know A Milne and I really like Where the Wild Things Are. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I do love, I absolutely love that movie, although it's not really for kids. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I really like you know, your classic, uh, like The Hungry Caterpillar and mm-hmm. uh, Goodnight Moon. I think are <laughs> really good. Um, and then another fun one that I like is The Paper Bag Princess. Have you ever
1: yeah. read that?
0: Yeah. Oh, that one's a fun That's one.
1: Fun. Two others I really like that I feel like I don't hear about as much. So one author-illustrator I love is Elisa Clevin. Um, She has a ton of picture books and they're all really um, kind of art and creativity focused. There's one about, there's one called the paper princess about, you know, this um, princess doll made out of paper who gets blown away in the wind and has all these adventures. They're just like really sweet and imaginative. And then another um, author illustrator I love who is a Swedish one from like the 1920s around um, Elsa Besco, and she has just like her illustrations are so pretty and they're just really sweet. Like there's this one called the Sun Egg, and an orange falls out of the kid's lunchbox in the forest, and then all the little like forest creatures think it's like an egg from the sun. They're like waiting for the Sun Egg to hatch, and they're also like intrigued with it. <laughs>
0: I haven't. I haven't. I haven't uh, heard of that one. Uh, I I like one called No David. I think that one's cute.
1: Yeah, they, those ones are great. They have such a like, um, uh, like kid energy to them. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> and there's a lot of good ones at Christmas. Cause Christmas is coming up before we know it. Um, oh the- yeah,
1: I love Christmas picture books. I have like a huge collection, and I put them around my tree and everything.
0: Yeah. The Polar Express, yeah, and books like that I think are really good. Remember, I uh, that we used to have those books on tape. There were like uh, dramatic books on tape of classics, like we had a, a Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea.
1: Oh yeah, I do. And a remember. Jane Eyre. Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah,
0: and and some people might balk at that as like you know you're giving a bridge versions or whatever mm-hmm. the kids but I think it was great it definitely inspired me and you know that to, to read some of those harder books I mean I think that wishbone was brilliant at that I mean that was a little after my time but you know being a little kid but uh but still I I think it's a great way to sort of introduce kids to really you know the hard books and make them see why yeah they might be fun
1: yeah, I mean, I think it can really, you know, catch someone's interest and, you know, maybe they will read the real version someday or maybe they won't. But it's not like all adults have read all of the classics anyway, so it's okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, nobody's read everything. Yeah, I remember because The Little Women, it was a illustrated version, so it was like especially thick and big. and I remember exactly the one, yeah. Yeah, and I I just remember, I read it, and Beth died, and it was so sad. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, I think a lot of kids now get that feeling from reading as the Harry Potter books get thicker.
0: Yeah. Like, yeah.
1: okay, I read, I read before, <laughs> like, I read yeah. the first thick one, The Doorstopper, and, like, you, know, you read the whole series, it's, like, it's like um, reading status.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's funny because I remember as a kid, uh, a lot of the stuff that other people liked, like I'm not convinced that I would have liked Harry Potter that much. I I, I don't think I would have hated yeah, I it. You
1: didn't really like fantasy like that.
0: No, I didn't like fantasy. I just couldn't connect with it. And at least like Harry Potter... It's sort of set in our world, and so I can connect with it a little better. Like I didn't like *Wrinkle in Time* until I was older, and I I didn't like *Lord of the Rings* until I was older, uh, like in college. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I just connected more with something like *Little Women* that was more uh, grounded in like characters I could relate to a little bit better uh, than, um, than you know these fantasy world.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the lucky thing for kids today is that the children's book market has just grown. So there's just so many different types of books. Um, I just think there's like something for every type of kid now.
0: Yeah. Which is really cool. Yeah. I I definitely, I mean, Anna Green Gables will always be, especially that first book will always be the gold standard to me. Uh, It's, it's just such a, Beautiful character. I uh, remember there's a quote by Mark Twain where he talks about how Anne is just a, a brilliant character, and uh, you can certainly include Tom Sawyer and Huck Finn is in this kind of, in that kind of discussion. I feel like, and they're great. And I, I don't know. I just I connected with Anne and her her imagination, uh, her desire for friendship. Uh, and a bosom friend—that was something. I always in kindred spirits, you know. Yeah. All of that, and you uh, know, it's interesting. I did a review of this brilliant show called Hilda on Netflix right now that I absolutely loved so much. And it was interesting because I had said that I thought it was really creative, and somebody in the comments section was like, "How can you say it's creative?" And most of the stuff is set in like her bedroom and, and blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, well, I mean, it was very unexpected. And there were like levels of world building and like, I didn't know where it was going. And I think there's this idea that in order for something to have to be creative, it has to be, and this, and Hilda in fairness does have other worlds and does have fantasy elements, but that it has to be like this, you know, everything has to be Tolkien or something like that. Uh, but yeah. I don't know. I think that you can be creative in uh, ordinary settings, but like with Anne, where she would turn Barry's pond into the lake of shining waters. To me, that's creative.
1: Yeah, totally. I think there's a way to be creative, like no matter what genre you're writing in.
0: Yeah, another one that I have a fondness for, and I I haven't read them in a long time, so maybe they don't hold up at all, but I definitely remember really enjoying The Babysitter's Club.
1: Oh my gosh, I loved The Babysitter's Club. (laughs) I have a funny Babysitter's Club story. Like, I loved them so much, and then I decided, I don't know how old I was, but I decided I was too old for them. Like, it seemed like no one else was, like, loving The Babysitter's Club, you know? my age so i felt yeah. embarrassed like they were babyish so i sold them all at we had to like our neighbor because there there was like a girl a little bit younger than me but then i would secretly check them out from the library <laughs> and i didn't want to stop reading them
0: <laughs> that's so funny
1: wish <laughs> like,
0: i wish i had them all now <laughs>
1: I know I also I loved Nancy Drew. That was another one yeah. Nancy her. Drew. Ramona. But I
0: never
1: hold my Nancy Drew on, thank goodness.
0: Yeah. Uh, Ramona is really sweet and funny. Yeah, I Ramona's so
1: good and there's really good audiobooks of Ramona.
0: Oh like, yeah. Well,
1: Ramona good. is the best to listen to as a parent because it's like a master class in parenting because like you hear all like her thought process and it all like makes so much sense to her. And you're like, oh, okay, they are making sense to themselves, even though their behavior seems totally random to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. That's really cool. Yeah, I I also some others that I really enjoyed. I the mixed up files of this Basil E. Frankweiler. That definitely yeah. made my short list.
1: That's a great one, for you. York.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I loved the boxcar children. That was up there. I think the idea, I I think I secret I was very independent as you well know. And the whole idea of uh, of these kids, you know, like making their own world and, and making it <laughs> their own or whatever, oh, yeah. is very great for kids.
1: Yeah, yeah, the boxcar children, they totally have that like New England Puritan work, work ethic they like. Yeah. <laughs> Now we'll make this dinner from the apples we picked and the bread we got. Yeah. Charlotte's Web, that's definitely one. of Oh,
0: have. yeah. Good one. Really that, good one. That uh, one I
1: loved when I was a kid. I still love it if I read it. It's just like, that's just like a perfect kid's book.
0: Yeah. I also loved uh, Cheaper by the Dozen.
1: Oh, my gosh, I remember. <laughs>
0: I still love it. Not the oh. terrible movie adaptation that's not even an adaptation at all.
1: Oh, uh, I've never seen
0: it. <laughs> just by name only. Uh I just love the I just I love those two parents so much. I love the the whole this whole huge family and All the, I think it's so funny and I think it's so sweet and I still just love it. And I would love if like a true, we did get the, there are movies made, I think in the sixties, fifties or sixties with Clifton Webb. And those are pretty good, but, uh, but I would love a modern, new, correct adaptation to be made, uh, someday. But I just really love, I just, I love that book. That's definitely a comfort read for me. Uh, just.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I think it's funny but I can imagine <laughs> I don't know I think I would go lose my mind in that family <laughs>
0: oh. yeah because he it,
1: it, all his and, projects and stuff yeah. and it was overwhelming <laughs> in his personality so
0: yeah I remember the Indian in the cupboard I liked I haven't read that in a while so I don't know if it holds up uh that would have been kind of maybe a little YA I I can't remember how uh Watership Down that was something I I I liked in high school
1: yeah I remember really liking Watership Down but I mean isn't Water Watership Down I think is considered an adult book
0: is it okay we read it in high school which is really feels random a random book to read in high school um I like the Westing Game. that's a fun book if you want to introduce kids to like a detective story i feel like yeah together it's pretty fun oh and i also loved if you want to introduce kids to a little bit of a horror vibe scary uh peppermints in the parlor was oh, one I that know. i really liked
1: yeah i remember that
0: yeah you don't like it
1: no i loved it when i was a kid i've yeah. read it since, but i remember i thought that was uh, just so chilling
0: yeah <laughs> the ones that I loved uh, you know you got your weepers like uh, where the red fern grows it's like uh, you know, yeah. I guess little women is too um, little princess uh, books like that
1: a book I read recently that had that uh, kind of classic sad yet happy old fashioned vibe was uh, The Secret Horses of Briar Hill by Megan oh. Um That was good. That was a recent one that kind of tapped into that old tiny feeling. Mm. Um, that one was really good. Oh, a Christmas book that so we were talking about Christmas books earlier. There's a Christmas kids book that my family loved. It's a chapter book called Top Elf. Oh. They're having, like, kind of like a reality-style show contest to choose the next Santa, and the main character is so cute and funny, just like his narration and his character. You just want to, like, hug him. That's a fun Christmas read. Oh,
0: that sounds really cute. Well, this has been really fun. I really have enjoyed talking with you about books. Oh, Everybody should check out Megan's three books, particularly her new book, Building Books. <laughs> and uh, I know you don't have social media right now, but uh, do, do you have like a website or a place where people can? So
1: I have a website, um, meganwagnerlloyd.com, and I'm on Instagram.
0: Ah, oh, that's right, Instagram
1: um, at Megan Wagner Lloyd.
0: Great. Well, I will put that in the description and let us know what your favorite books were uh, growing up, what you like to read, uh, what your kids like to read, what you do to encourage them to read, all that fun stuff. We would love to hear uh, in the comment section. That would be really fun. And uh, yeah, if you uh, want to follow the podcast, uh, please, uh, please follow the podcast on uh, iTunes and on SoundCloud check that out and here on YouTube and uh, let us know what you think give us your reviews on iTunes it's very helpful uh, to help more people find out about the podcast and uh, thanks so much Megan this was really fun I really appreciate it yeah,
1: thanks for having me it was really fun chatting with you yeah,
0: no problem and we will have to talk again soon yeah sounds good and I'll have a link in the description if people want to uh, purchase the book as well
1: awesome thank you
0: All right. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye.